and welcome back to Surprised by Jesus. I apologize. Uh, it's been a little bit of a hiatus. Had a little bit of a cold, and it's still hanging on. But uh, but we've got another great episode today, um, coming from John twelve verse twenty to thirty six. Um, the coming of Jesus's hour is what we're going to focus on today. And really just want to start out again with wisdom of a three-year-old. The other day, we were uh, doing our prayer before bedtime, and it came to my daughter's turn. And she starts out just looking uh, at, uh, at the cross and saying, Jesus, I'm sorry you died. And then there was this little pause and just smile over her face. And comes back with, but I'm really happy that you're always with me. And it was just just a, such a beautiful thing to see um, from from a little girl who, just, she just gets it. Like, that's what it's about. It's not about Jesus dying. It's about him being with us. And, uh, and I thought that that was very fitting for, uh, for especially this... Bible verse that we're going over today, and and really fits in fits in well, and so I wanted to start out with surprise number one, and that is Jesus' unexpected answer. So to give a little backstory, um, this story comes from um, right between when Jesus enters Jerusalem and the Last Supper. So somewhere in that time frame. And there's some Greeks that have come for the celebration, and they seek out Philip and Andrew to ask to meet with Jesus. And Philip and Andrew take this request to Jesus and ask or mention to him that there's Greeks who want to see him. And Jesus' response is, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains just a grain of wheat. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. I like to picture Philip and Andrew, after they hear Jesus' response, just being like, All right, Jesus. All we asked was if they could see you. And now you're talking about death and a grain of wheat and just like this confusion of, okay, really, you got me here. But uh, it's something that captures their attention. And obviously, John felt like there was something here, enough to put it in his gospel but it should also capture our attention because it's different than what we'd expect. And maybe maybe there was previous dialogue, but I don't think that matters. Because the heart of this is Jesus, God on earth, telling us that it's better for him to die than to live. Because when he dies, he will produce much fruit. And I think this really comes down to the fact that Jesus realizes that he cannot be all to everyone in his earthly life. Just that's why he had a limited amount 
of disciples and especially close disciples. But he does know that he can be everything to everyone once he dies. Spiritually and supernaturally, he can now be present to each of us at the same time, not bound by space and time. And so by dying, he can actually bring greater life. Now that brings us right into surprise number two. And that is, Jesus tells us to hate our lives. It's the very next line. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will preserve it for eternal life. Now, I look at this and I'm like, okay, take this at face value. I want, I want to tap out. I'm done. If this is what Christianity is all about, I don't want anything to do with it. But there's a very important message here. And why do I think it's so important? Because I didn't realize this before putting this together, but it actually appears in a similar way five other times in the Gospels. And it's included in all four books. Another way it's worded, for whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. This is about the joy of giving. Not grasping, but accepting. Being a part of something greater than ourselves. Jesus is most likely not calling us to die for his sake. Though, I guess that, that could happen. But most likely, he will ask us to step out of our comfort zone, to lay aside what we hold onto so tightly in our life, to not worry about what others may think, and truly give ourselves fully to him. We grasp onto our own lives so tightly, and sometimes I think it can really just suffocate us and not allow us to be free, like Jesus wants us to be free. And when we can truly just give our life over to him, that's when we can have that freedom and that, that peace, that outpouring of grace that Jesus wishes to give us and, and allow us to have a more fulfilling life like he, like he promises. That brings us to surprise number three. Jesus is troubled. But it's not just Jesus is troubled. That within that trouble, he stays the course. For some time now at this point in John's gospel, Jesus has been talking about needing to die and the reason he came. And now, as he knows it is close, he's troubled. If we look closely, though, he is troubled within an unwavering commitment to God's plan. He says, I am troubled now, yet what should I say? Father, save me from this hour. But it was this purpose that I came to this hour. Jesus teaches us it's okay to be troubled by this world. 
it's even okay to be troubled by what God calls us to do. But we must stay the course. And what looks like failure or seems unimportant may be just the opposite. Jesus' death produced fruit in life. His death on the cross looked like a failure, but it actually was the opposite. It was a victory. What God calls us to do in whatever big or small way will produce fruit and life in us, in those around us, even after we are gone from this earth. We must die to ourselves, to our pride, to anything that's holding us back from giving ourselves fully. And if we do that, we can produce fruit as well. And that brings us back to what my daughter said. Jesus, I'm sad that you died, but I am so happy that you are always with me. And I don't think Jesus is sorry. He knew then and he knows now that that was the victory that we needed. And I believe it's the same for us. I don't think we will be sorry when we die to ourselves, when we give ourselves back to Jesus, when we give of ourselves for others, when maybe even we can be Jesus for someone else. Now, I don't, I don't think there will be any sorrow in that. In fact, I believe we will actually receive more then we feel like we give because it will be then that we are fully alive. It is then that we will experience the greatest peace and joy we have ever known when we can see the peace and the happiness in ourselves, true happiness in Jesus, when we can see somebody else find that true happiness in Jesus. That is what this life is about. This life is eternal. Let's strive for that. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we just ask that you help us to know you. To know that you died for us, but through that death, you actually gave yourself to us in life, in life eternal, that we may know you, that we may follow you, that we may know peace and joy and be able to experience that in our own lives and with others. We just ask this in your most holy name, Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen.